from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. The consumer price index Wednesday, you know, inflation is getting a lot of attention. I think that's probably going to be uh, the most scrutinized report of, of the week. That is the start of the big inflation numbers. We all have expected them to come. This will be, you know, a pretty big one. And then, you know, in the next couple of months, they could even get uh, a little bit bigger. But as we've been saying repeatedly, we think this is going to be a temporary blip, not the start of a period of runaway inflation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, Jeff Bookbinder on the line as well. Jeff, it's another week. There's plenty of things to discuss, but I think first and foremost, we need to talk about Mother's Day. How, um, what'd you guys do up in the Bookbinder household up in Boston to celebrate Mother's Day? Well, we celebrated with um, uh, my mother-in-law and um, got my wife's favorite takeout pizza. So uh, yeah, it was a nice relaxing day and uh, Debbie really enjoyed the, uh, the, the, the takeout. How about the Dietrichs? That sounds nice. Yeah, we actually flew my mother-in-law down to visit. She had been down, I think, since my daughter's birthday, which was November. So that's, well, my math is right, about half a year or so. So, um, you know, we decided to fly her down and she came down, surprised the kids. So she came, what'd she come on? Thursday. So the kids got off the bus and they were all excited to see her. And then we had, you know, typical Dietrich stuff, lots of uh, kids stuff. Um, let's see, soccer games and baseball games. And we actually went to an NBA game, saw the Hornets. Um, that was pretty cool because in COVID world, literally we had like a whole section by ourselves. So we didn't see anybody. It was like, it was weird to go to an NBA game and they won. And that love mellow ball. He's pretty awesome. He's only 19 years old. And that guy just, it's like, wow, that's exciting to know you're going to have a guy like that on your team for a long time. He's uh he's pretty, pretty amazing. Thought they're playing with like a broken wrist and he's still scoring 20 points a game and doing everything. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, then yesterday we went and had a nice dinner or I'm sorry, nice brunch and then drove her to the airport and she flew home. So it was, uh, it was a good time we we survived and then i i called my mom and saw my mom my mom visited a couple weeks ago we saw her so um you know didn't get to see her but we called her so it was it was a good one but jeff um mm-hmm. not as important as our mothers but almost important we discussed last week the injuries the walking wounded i mean i think you're in better shape than i am how are you doing with your ankle injury much better thank you uh going to see the doc tomorrow just to make sure still discolored but uh mm-hmm. I'm getting around pretty good now. I actually drove a car for the first time in probably three weeks yesterday, which which felt pretty good. So yeah, I'm doing better than you are, I think. Well, that's good. You didn't mix up the uh, brake and the gas, right? You did okay. <laughs> I, I thankfully got those straight. I didn't go far, <laughs> but uh, there you, go. You, know, you don't want to leave the car sitting without starting it for a month. Uh, so I had to, had to get that thing going. Yeah, so my back, it's frustrating. Yesterday was feeling pretty good. Literally, like last night, I was out playing basketball with the boys and doing some stuff. And then when I laid down to go to bed, it just started really hurting. Usually, I lay on my on my back, you know, no pun intended, um, directly on my back, and it doesn't hurt as much. It started hurting. And last night, we had these huge storms. So I've talked about Walter before, my 135. Maybe he's down to 130. He's on diet food, whatever you want to call it, 130-pound <laughs> Great Pyrenees. He's the biggest baby when it comes to storms. He's some pretty good storms down here in the Carolinas. Like, I didn't, I couldn't even go to sleep till like two. I remember it was like two o'clock. I'm, I'm just in agony and laying in bed. And then like at three o'clock, I finally fall asleep. Lightning hits. The dog jumps up. My wife gets up early to go work out at like four. I'm, I'm probably going on a couple hours of sleep here. Um, so we'll just see. And by the way, I took like a thousand milligrams of some medicine a little bit ago. So hopefully I don't say anything that gets me in trouble with compliance. I'll do my very best, but um, it's aggravating. So I've started some PT and stuff like that, but it's, um, I don't know. It's not, it's not as, not as, um, 
I'm just not in the shape I guess I would hope I'd be with my back getting better, but it's one of those things. I'm sitting right now and it feels okay, but um, it's aggravating, that's for sure. So anyway, so n- enough about the negative stuff. Let's talk about, well, you're positive. You're, you're doing good. And by the way, Jeff, you know, I do want to point out real fast. We did talking dog jokes, right, um, the last couple of weeks, and you guys liked them. Yeah, I think you liked the first ones. They were better, I'll admit. So we're done with talking dog jokes, but my son, Gus, he's on, uh, what is he in? He's in second grade, eight years old. He goes, hey, daddy. I mean, this is this is true. Like sometimes I make stuff up. This is legit. He actually told me this joke. He goes, "What do you call a pig with no eyes?" You know, Jeff? I have no idea. A PG. <laughs> ah, get it? Very clever. Yeah, there you go. There's your joke for the day. Uh, it's, not, it's not a talking dog joke, but it's an animal joke. So anyway, all right. Enough about that stuff. So Jeff, let's get into kind of what we're going to talk about this week in the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. First things first, earnings seasons wrapping up. I think like 90% of companies have reported. Feels like yesterday you and I did a preview and you were saying, hey, we can have a pretty good earnings season. I think it came in better than um, you and I even expected. You were more, you're one of the more bullish strategists out there. I want to make that very clear. Um, really impressive earnings season. I'm going to dive in there. Also, the idea of are things peaking, manufacturing services, maybe even earnings year-over-year growth potentially peaking. What does that mean? Then a little fun session. I'm going to call it, um, um, who do you believe? right? Uh, There's some things that we heard out there. Who's telling the truth? In essence, we heard some things last week. Can we believe them or not? Uh, So let's just get into it, Jeff. Earnings season again is winding down. Uh, You wrote in our recent weekly market commentary, which people can access on LPL.com, probably when they listen to this blog, it was just unreal. And I, we always talk about different words. Um, I was looking for a word that means like totally amazing. I've never heard of. And I found ephemeral. Ephemeral means, um, you know, like heavenly. And I think that's kind of one way to describe uh, what we just saw with this earnings season. So Jeff, take it away. Just how good were earnings in the first quarter? Yeah. When, when you're hitting the thesaurus to try to find more superlatives, you, you know, exactly. things are good. We also, right. our earnings dashboard is broken. We, we didn't have a dial big enough to handle this earnings growth, which really puts it into perspective, right? This, this is a, just a massive upside surprise. Uh, you know, I guess, I mean, we thought maybe mid thirties was possible. We did highlight in the preview, you know, double digit percentage upside was possible, but we didn't see, you know, 24 percentage points of upside just analysts were not even close. Um, we'll probably get something close to 60% next quarter after a 50% growth rate this quarter. So, I mean, earnings are just storming back. I mean, companies have, we, we've talked about this before, right? Companies are doing a tremendous job of managing their costs. So we've got, you know, all-time record high profit margins. And then the economy is reopening faster than most thought, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you certainly got m- more economic growth uh, than we anticipated. And then you've got, you know, some other factors uh, at play that bumped uh, earnings up a, a few percentage points, like higher commodity prices, right? We have um, the uh, materials sector and and the energy sector have done quite well. Uh, And then we have a weaker dollar that boosts earnings because a lot of earnings from U.S. companies come from um, international locations. And so, you know, you throw all that together. I mean, it really, I mean, to to say it was firing on all cylinders is um, probably an understatement. 
No, it absolutely was. And again, we did this maybe four weeks ago. I mean, you said, you know, 30% was likely, maybe, you know, low 30s from a 24% expected. Now we, we doubled it. But again, on the YouTube channel, we're showing the year-over-year -year earnings growth. Maybe we peak. We're going to talk about peaking uh, in the next discussion. Maybe we peak next quarter with the year-over-year -year growth. But again, now, Jeff, I am showing the earnings surprise, the percent, just how much we beat. I know you kind of touched on it, but maybe just build a little bit more just how unbelievable i just keep using that word unbelievable this beat was yeah so you know we had a similar sized beat a few quarters ago but then analysts had no idea how to forecast earnings right the, the economy had just shut down was starting to reopen companies were not giving any guidance there was no visibility at all and so it makes sense that analysts would be off right mm -hmm. but now that we've seen three quarters of these massive misses, right, and huge upside surprises, you figure, well, maybe, you know, reality will be closer to expectations. And, and it, again, this, this was about as far away uh, from reality as expectations have ever been. So really, really uh, amazing earnings season. The, um, you know, the guidance was good again, too. Yes. So, you know, we've taken our earnings estimates up uh, a little more than $10 a share uh, for uh, S&P 500 earnings in 2021. Uh, we're now up to you know, 190 at the high end of the range. Consensus was 167 when the year started. So that is a, just wow. a, an enormous uh, positive revision. So earnings have tremendous momentum going and it, based on the strong guidance, it doesn't look like it's gonna end anytime soon. No, it does not. I know, you know, FactSet has historical data, reliable historical data that goes back, I think, about two decades, 20 years. Have we ever seen a year where you start off at 167 and then you're talking 190, you know, by, um, <laughs> by Cinco de Mayo? Has that ever happened before? I think that's an all-time record upward revision for this stage of the year. Um, but, you know, the data doesn't go back that far. Right. You know, mo most of these uh, data series go back you know, maybe 15 years. So um, it's still uh, impressive, <laughs> no doubt. But, uh, you know, it's not like we can go back to 1950 and look at comparisons there. Yeah, good point there. But it's still, even if we could, I'm going to assume this was probably um, one of the top <laughs> that we've ever seen. So Jeff, let's, as you like to say, peel back the onion a little bit, which I know you kind of hinted at this, which sectors have really stepped up, have really beaten, really increased guidance. Um, and maybe which ones have maybe in your opinion, I don't think too many have disappointed, but maybe disappointed relative to the 11 sectors. D dig in a little bit there. Sure. Yeah. So we, you know, looked a little bit silly being so off with our, with our forecast here for, for earnings growth in the quarter uh, with that massive upside surprise. But one thing we we got right was we highlighted consumer discretionary was going to be the star. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it, it it certainly was with um, you know literally doubled expectations, uh, huge huge upset surprise. That was the biggest one of all eleven sectors. Uh, we also got um, really solid upside uh, from financials. So you know those are reopening sectors, right? Uh, the um, you know consumer discretionary has like hotels, restaurants, leisure, you know, hardline retail, right? All of that certainly reopening plays. And then we know that commodities, materials, and energy are certainly reopening plays in addition to financials, obviously benefiting from a better economy and uh, higher interest rates. So those three sectors, actually that's four sectors with materials and energy. Those four were really mm -hmm. uh, the stars. <clears throat> On the other side of the coin, you know, Airlines are in industrials, and so that really weighed down that sector. 
if you take out airlines, industrials were actually pretty solid, you know, upwards of 20% uh, earnings growth. So um, it wasn't all bad, uh, but that's a sector that really uh, we think has a, you know, a lot of work to do to get back to um, we'll call normal. What's the old Warren Buffett quote? We talked about Uncle Warren last week. I think it's something along the lines of how do you make someone, um, how do you, oh, now I forget how it went now. It's something like, how do you make a billionaire a millionaire, make them buy an airline? It's something, it's something like that. I might've just butchered it uh, terribly, but it was, it's something about airlines and how they're not the best investments. Although they've had a great run, but um, you know, we'll see. Now, Jeff, you mentioned kind of the reopening, right? The reopening. Transports. As of last week, the transportation index, which has been around since like the late 1800s when Charlie Dow created the Dow Jones in transports, up 14 weeks in a row as we speak. If it's higher this week, that'll be 15 in a row. That would tie the all-time record from the late 1800s. I mean, that's just lots of different ways to look at it. It's not we're talking about earnings, but just think about like the reopening of what's going on. That is unbelievable um just truly truly fascinating how strong transports have been you mentioned commodities and materials you know literally as we speak copper is making an all-time high copper went you could say in a sideways range for about 13 years and just last week and this week is breaking out now when it previously went in a range for a long time copper they went up almost 200 percent all right in like a year when it broke out of a big range so it's again mark twain said history doesn't repeat but it rhymes you see copper potentially breaking out, and that potentially is another uh, positive sign, if you will, for the material sector um, in general, but it's truly amazing, and honestly, the global economy. Uh, so, Jeff, you know, again, I want to point this out, and I'll let you finish it off on earnings, but when we, you said we were off, or you were off, we were off, LPL Research is off when we said, you know, maybe low 30 percentile year-over-year earnings growth, you know, reading a lot of different reports, what other people were saying, we are one of the more bullish. You were one of the more bullish, optimistic on this earnings season, saying, listen, the bar is high, yes. But we think we can clear the bar. Now we cleared the bar more than we ever would have expected. Easily, you could argue. But I, I you know, I think golf clap for you. For you, you know, you were saying earnings are going to come in better than expected. Not everybody was saying that, and, and clearly it did. So, so awesome job there. So, any final comments on earnings? Then we're going to go to the next uh, discussion. Well, I think last last thing, uh, earnings. You know, more earnings means higher stock prices, typically, right? That's there the that's the relationship. That's fundamentally what a stock is it's a claim on future earnings and so if you're going to take your earnings forecasts up uh which we uh have done we're going to you know look for a little bit more from stocks so we've actually taken our s p 500 target up our fair value target is now 4400 to 4450 for uh the end of the year that is a roughly four percent gain from here so not huge upside um but certainly uh you know probably a lot more than you're getting from bonds no, mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. Good, good point there. So, so let's, um, let's go, let's talk about something for a second here. Remember last week we had paranormal day when we did this and you and I discussed some weird things that were happening. Um, I don't know if anyone realized this, but on our YouTube channel, if you watch, this is, you almost think we would have made this up, but I swear we're not with the recording we did a week ago at the, and I've got, I wrote it down. Give me one second here. You can go click. This is a shameless way to get more people to view it. Um, there it is. At the 20-minute mark and 40, 2040, so 20 minutes, 40-second mark of last week's podcast on the YouTube channel, everything totally froze up. You heard our voices, but you didn't see us moving. So, Jeff, I almost think me taunting the paranormal, and I'm not doing it this time. I, I, I've seen the light. Um, I think me taunting the paranormal 
caused caused that little glitch to happen but eventually things came back on so it was just a weird one and i mentioned uh, last week you know in the dietrich household our washing machine stopped working i've got a golf cart it's been having issues good news the washing machine has been fixed the golf cart we got a guy coming tomorrow and we're going to talk next about you know things in peak and and the trouble we're getting in a supply chain i mentioned i haven't had a working um ice machine for since November, since November, uh, the guy who came and fixed the wash machine actually uh, potentially has fixed my ice machine. I went on to um, eBay. All right. Everything's on eBay, apparently. And for 29 bucks, apparently I've ordered the part that I need. It's being shipped from somewhere. I don't know where this part is probably like a dollar. But you talk about inflation and willing to pay a price. I'm willing to pay whatever it takes. So for 29, 30 bucks, this piece is coming. And who knows, by the time we do, maybe I'll do, uh, I'll just have make some ice on the podcast so we can hear it. I'm so excited for the ice machine to work. Anything else weird happening in your house? I know some things are breaking on your guys end. How are things uh, up in Boston for you guys? Well, we, we don't use it a lot, but our garbage disposal is uh, on the fritz. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the latest over here. Otherwise, pretty much everything's in uh, good shape here. Good. Yeah. For, I guess it was $355 later, my washing machine works, but you know what? It's still cheaper than, uh, than buying a new one. And it, and the guy fixed it in two or three days. Cause believe me, with three kids, myself, wife, through two or three days with no laundry, this place <laughs> it gets a little dirty with clothes <laughs> sticking around. So we, we had to get that one fixed anyway. All right, Jeff. So let's talk about are things peaking, uh, last week on Monday, really a week ago when we did the podcast, manufacturing data came in, the ism it was still strong it wasn't as strong as expected still i think it was like one of the second highest numbers we've ever seen but still it was off the peaks you could make an argument manufacturing might have peaked if you look at ism data then services later in the week came in a little bit weaker than expected again potentially suggesting services peak you know you 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 pointed out yourself probably in second quarter we're going to get a peak in earnings um I guess the question I have is, is this bad? I mean, things have to peak eventually, right? I mean, they don't just go up forever. We've had an unbelievable run. What's your take on if things are peaking? What does it mean for the economy going forward? Uh, Well, I mean, for the economy, it just means that it's it's tougher to grow, you know, when the bar is raised, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about the shape of this recovery, right? V-shaped, square root, swoosh, right? So, you know, we're at that part of the square root, if you want to assume it's that shape, where uh, things flatten out. Yeah. The good news is we've recovered almost all of the lost economic output. We haven't recovered the jobs yet. Right. Still about $8 million to go. We've recovered about all of the lost economic output based on GDP. So growing off of a more normal level of economic activity is tougher. That's just a normal recovery. That's, that's just the way it goes. Uh, and later this year, people are probably going to be talking about percent growth again as they look out to you know 2022 2023 maybe hopefully we'll do a little better than that but um you know we're, we're headed to a, a slower pace of growth it's just it's just math um frankly mm-hmm. and for stocks it means probably going to get more modest gains right so i mean we just mm-hmm. went up 90 percent. so you know, <laughs> of course it makes sense yeah. you'd have a little bit less gain going ahead uh so maybe we see about four percent that's implied by our target uh, between now and the end of the year in the S&P 500, and maybe it comes with more volatility. That would certainly make sense and is consistent with history. 
Yeah, and, and you know, small caps and tech and NASDAQ up even more than 90%. And I think it's important to point out, you know, things don't go up forever, right? I mean, these these are a lot of these are diffusion indexes. So, you know, they're eventually going to come back a little bit. And our friends at Deutsche Bank, I saw a study that they did that they said ISM peaks about a year after a recession ends. You know, we've done some studies on things that they're similar, um, you know, 10, 11 months, I guess. I think it's more ballpark what we found. But nonetheless, you know, if you think of this, the economic recovery likely started sometime last summer. We're inching closer to about a year. It makes sense that these things happen. But the key point is this has happened before. Big recoveries happen initially off the lows, especially after massive recessions like we just had. But then growth can continue potentially for years. It's just you're going to be going a little bit slower. So all in all, I think that's perfectly normal. But clearly, we're going to continue to watch the economic data uh, going forward. And again, I guess on a YouTube channel, I am I, we are sharing a chart of the ISM data right now that you can see uh, manufacturing, I should say, all time high or I think it's the highest number in 38 years, I should say, uh, using their data uh, back to the early 80s. And again, it likely probably peaked, but that is not the end of the world. Jeff, I, I Combining manufacturing and earnings, I want to point this out again. You've you've been banging the drum, so to speak, that the strong manufacturing likely will um, lead to stronger earnings. My oh my, has that played out? Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because I think it was so important and honestly so right. Uh, you talked about this for six months almost. What what happens there? Manufacturing strong, and why does it lead earnings by I don't know about six months or so? Yeah, I think. Well, the, the ISM I think in particular is interesting because it's a forward looking indicator, right? Mm-hmm. They, they survey companies and ask, are you going to spend more, right? It's not looking back in the rearview mirror. So, um, you know, that's why this tends to lead earnings uh, by a couple of quarters. So people say they're going to spend more, and then usually they they do spend more. Um, so that's that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is manufacturing is making stuff. And most of S&P 500 earnings uh, are, are making stuff, right? And then, and then selling it. And so that connection... Is pretty strong. It's not, you know, the whole picture, of course, because there's a lot of services jobs that are not related to making stuff. Uh, but the S and P 500 is more manufacturing oriented than than the economy is based on uh, GDP. Uh, absolutely. Now, I will say, good points there. I had to Google the Warren Buffett quote on billionaires and airlines, and he said it's something along the lines of, "Start as a billionaire." then buy an airline and you'll become a millionaire. So that's how Warren Buffett says, become a millionaire. You start as a billionaire and buy an airline. So I was close. I was close with my Warren Buffett quote there, but um, anyway, we, we got there. Um, Interestingly, so yeah, he bought, he bought airlines uh, before the pandemic and then, and then yeah. sold them. Uh, after the Oof. pandemic hit. So he, yeah. he, uh, he didn't follow his own advice, I guess. He, he did not. I think he's, he's probably really tired of airlines after, after uh, the ride that was, but, but anyway, but yeah, we talked a little bit about uncle Warren there and, and Charlie Munger last week in the podcast. And, you know, just, um, we're, we're huge fans. Yeah. We we believe me, <laughs> we, we all make mistakes. And what I like about Warren is he's very upfront about when he makes mistakes. Like, yeah. You know, we, we were wrong. Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't sugarcoat it at all. Um, I guess when you're that old and that rich, maybe you don't need to, um, but still, <laughs> um, you know, Hey, believe me, we, we, we've, we've made one or two mistakes on this podcast probably have so far on today. Well, Hey, hey I can't even get a quote, right. So believe me, nobody's perfect. Um, but anyway, it's a good quote by uncle Warren there. 
Um, do want to welcome our friends from Waddell and Reed. LPL recently purchased um, their broker dealer as of last week. Over 300 advisors and employees at Waddell and Reed joined the LPL family. So I know a lot of you are starting to listen uh, to this, and I've had a lot of you reach out to me um, about how LPL research, you can start leveraging, honestly, LPL research, and we're working on ways to uh, get that up and running. But just wanted to, to point that out that LPL is growing quickly. Now, Jeff, I, maybe I didn't even think we'd go this route. You've been with LPL for 15 years i mean there's these amazing words again how much what, what is what's the one thing that's different from 15 years the growth we've had from when you started to now in your opinion well you shortchanged me it's actually 17 years <laughs> okay um, sorry about that i rounded down what's there you go. different yeah. yeah well so i grew up in kansas city we didn't have a kansas city office when i started now we do thanks to what reed mm-hmm. that's one thing we we had about 2500 advisors when i started uh so yeah that's the biggest change, right? It's mm-hmm. just so much uh, bigger. But I, you know, I'm pretty proud of the fact that we, you know, we've been able to maintain a connection to so many advisors, even as we've uh, we've grown over the years. Uh, yeah. to, to me, it doesn't feel that big. Um, but you know, <laughs> going from 2,500 advisors to whatever we are at 18,000 yeah. plus now, that that is. Um, that's a massive growth. We also didn't have a Charlotte office, by the way, going back to the geographies. So that's a big change too. You know, Boston and San Diego was it when I started. Wow. So we did have San Diego back then. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess mm-hmm. I just know the new San Diego office. But um, yeah, I've said 17,000 advisors. Now we've got to start saying 18,000 advisors and the way things are going. Who knows? Maybe before long, we'll say 20,000 and be the largest broker dealer in terms of number of advisors in the United States. We are, I believe, number two Right now, Bank of America has a little bit more, but, um, you know, we're going to keep on working hard. But at the bottom line is we're going to continue to service to the very best ability, our current advisors. And hopefully we're doing that. So welcome again. Welcome aboard Waddell and Reed. And I'm looking forward to a road trip out there uh, to Kansas City to see you guys, because I heard there's some barbecue there. Right, Jeff, am I correct? Is there barbecue in Kansas City? (laughs) Rumor has it. uh, It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to uh, check. I've never been to Kansas City. Never been there. So that's one of those places that I would like to visit. Anyway, uh, let's go forward, Jeff. So we're going to talk about um, what do you believe, right? And there's a couple different things I want to bring up in this segment. Then we're going to wind it down. But Jeff, Jeff, do you believe the jobs number? 266,000 came out on Friday. Um, jobs created last month. And we, we said it might be a million. A lot of people said it might be a million. Should we believe it? Is this a one-off? Um, or what did, what did Master Yoda say? You know, one bullet point does not make a trend. A trend does not make, I should say. Um, you know, is this a warning sign, a one-off? What's your take on the jobs number? Now you had a weekend to sleep and think about it. Yes, sleep more than you did. Um, That's right. I I would say this is is, um, a Mm one-off. I think the seasonal adjustments um, maybe depress this number more than they should have. Um, And then, um, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, labor shortage issue maybe in places that uh, should clear up over the next couple of months. So, I, I think the May number is going to be uh, enormous. And, and when we look back, actually probably get some really big numbers in June, July, we'll be totally through the, um, yep. uh, it appears, the, um, um, you know, the reopening, right? All the restrictions will have come off. We'll probably vaccinate about as many people as we're going to vaccinate over the next few months. Um, and then you'll start to see those unemployment benefits wear off, which could encourage some more people to go back to the labor force. So we're still um, uh, optimistic about the job recovery. No, absolutely. And you think about it on Friday, what happened, right? I mean, we had a sell-off in equities initially, 
bond market, big drop in yields. And as the day moved on, people kind of got their bearings and stocks, literally the NASDAQ closed, or not the NASDAQ, sorry, the S&P all-time high, the Dow at its 24th all-time high, which actually more than we had in 2013. I'm sorry, in uh, two years ago, in 2019. So new all-time highs in the bond market freaked out initially, and then yields worked their way higher. A couple of things that got me, um, you know, it doesn't appear to be a supply, or I'm sorry, it's a supply issue, not a demand issue. I and mean, people are trying to hire. Remember that recent jolts, um, the jobs opening uh, data that we had in April? It was at a two-year high. According to Indeed, 24% more jobs are being posted on their website than pre-COVID. And lastly, 44% of small businesses had job openings in April, according to some small business uh, surveys. So people are trying to hire. Now, Jeff, the question, and, you know, getting a little political, but it is what it is. I think a lot of it could be, hey, according to, um, oh, I forget who it was now. There was one survey that I saw over the weekend that one fourth of all people that are getting um, assistance from the government are making more money now than they did before. I mean, could it be as simple as there are a good amount of people that just mm -hmm. don't want to go back to work quite yet? Because, hey, I'm making more money to stay home. What, what's your take on that? Oh, there's probably a little bit of that. Uh, but you know, again, we have 8 million jobs to make up. And, and so- well, and this shortfall was something like 700,000 jobs, right? I don't think you can exactly. explain mm -hmm. all of the April shortfall with that. And you certainly, um, you know, need a lot more to go right than that to get us back, you know, those 8 million jobs that were still short from, uh, from the pandemic. So, you know, there's a few things going on, uh, but, you know, big picture, all of the economic data that we've seen over the last month has pointed to, a, you know, a strong reopening continuing, right? Yes. So this this jobs number is just it just doesn't seem to fit uh, with the uh, overall story that we've seen from other reports. Yeah, you know, it was actually the Chamber of Commerce, Commerce, the Chamber of Commerce came out actually on Friday and said that they found that one in four people were actually that you know were receiving uh, benefits from the government were making more um, than they were at their current job. Uh, you know, some of the things obviously COVID is still out there. We know that child care issues, people don't want to go back to work. They still take care of their kids at home. Uh, there's a skill gap difference. And then obviously enhanced benefits, kind of all four of those things massaged together, potentially are, are telling a little bit more of a story. I mean, Jeff, and then also, you know, the story of um, just the supply chain issues, right? I mean, I talked about how much trouble I've had getting my ice maker to work. And, and there's a chlorine, everybody's buying a pool, apparently. It's the first recession ever where everybody went out and bought a pool, apparently. Um, you know, there's a chlorine uh, shortage over the weekend. I went to a friend's house uh, for a birthday. Happy birthday, Amy, by the way. Um, you know, a buddy of mine who works for one of the big home builders, not going to release which one, but I'm sure they're all similar. He was saying how they're building homes, you know, record pace, but the lumber issue, you can't get lumber. Lumber is extremely expensive, up 400% the last year. But what got me, he said that, that windows, right? He's like, we're building houses, but we can't get windows because there's just a shortage on windows. I mean, it, it's amazing all of the, the shortages that are out there because as we continue to open up much faster than anyone expected, people pulled back this time a year ago and now we're just going higher. So it's really, um, really a fascinating situation. All right. So Jeff, now who do you believe? Let's talk, let's go with the president first, uh, President Biden. He said last week that he's open to more discussions with the Republicans. Um, the 28% corporate tax rate has been out there for as long as he was campaigning. He's coming in saying, you know what, let's sit across the table and I'm open to coming down to 25, to, he said between 25 and 28%, maybe means closer to 25. Should we believe the president? Do you believe that he's willing to go down to 25%? What's your take there? 100%, absolutely. Yep. That's where we think we're going to end up anyway. Yep. Uh, you know, in fact, Joe Manchin, uh, Senator from West Virginia yep. uh, has 
publicly stated he thinks 28 is too high. So yeah. they got to get all the votes. Um, I think you're going to end up with something around 25. Um, it could be up or down a percent from there, but that's that's where we'll be. Yeah, and we've, we've been in that camp. I think we've been saying 25, what it feels like for months. And, you know, when you talk about a 50-50 Senate, obviously Madam Vice President does have the tiebreaker, but Joe Manchin holds a, a lot of power in that 50-50, being on the Democratic side of things. And then the smallest Senate, I'm sorry, smallest House majority since at least President Cleveland for the Democrats. Things are quite, um, it's tough, and there has to be some back and forth uh, going on there. So, again, that's the, the camp we've been in. Now, Jeff, you're the earnings guru. If corporate taxes right now are 21%, let's say we go to 25 I mean, how much is that going to hit earnings as we head into, say, 2022, when actually this likely takes place? Yeah, well, there's more to it than the corporate rate, because they're probably going to increase taxes on international earnings for U.S. Right. companies, right? The It's called the guilty tax. So you throw all that together, maybe five, six percent hit to earnings, mm -hmm. uh, but could could even be a little bit higher than that. So that'll be something to watch. Um, yeah. You know, we're valuing stocks off of 2022 earnings right now. So, you know, we could still do 200, maybe $205 per share in S&P 500 earnings in 2022. But if we get a, you know, bigger than expected tax increase, uh, then we're probably going to be back in the 190s. And that's a good point about the international, the way the taxes are, uh, um, corporations are taxed internationally. I believe what I read over the weekend is only four countries, Mexico being the largest, does it that way. You know, it used to be, you know, repatriate, you bring money back overseas um, and don't get it taxed. And well, this, this is uh, going to be a difference. We'll talk more about that as we kind of work forward. But that is one potential thing that could um, be a hiccup, I guess we'll say, for the bull market. Um, but we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, things are pretty strong still. Uh, Janet Yellen, we're going to end it with this. Do we believe Janet Yellen, Jeff, on two? Tuesday, she was speaking. Oh, who was it with? Um, give me a sec. I know. Okay, it was the Atlantic. Okay, I just think it's it's kind of funny to me. She's speaking to the Atlantic in like a live webinar, like you and I are doing now. And I think she was maybe a little too honest. <laughs> she 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 forgot her her power. And she is in charge of the Treasury now, but she still has a lot of say out there. And she was obviously in charge of the Fed. Which, by the way. If you look at the annualized returns on stocks under all the previous Fed chairpersons, the best return for stocks on an annualized basis was Janet Yellen, the only female out of, I think it's 14 or 15 uh, Fed chairpersons. So anyway, we, 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 we listened to Janet, but she said that maybe we have to start hiking rates a little sooner, um, you know, because the economy is really buzzing here. That led to a really big sell-off on Tuesday. Technology specifically was lit up big time on Tuesday as thinking, wow, does she know something that, you know, the Fed hasn't been saying? Jerome Powell's not saying that. He's saying 2023. Maybe she's hinting at 2022, the first rate hike. Then at four o'clock, she goes, talks to the Wall Street Journal. They ask her directly, hey, the market just sold off because of what you said. And she backtracked like any good politician would do. Jeff, is she lying? I think she means it. I think she means we're probably going to hike rates sooner than what, um, what the Fed is telling us. What's your take? What, what do you think on what she did on tuesday yeah i i think she's she's right on uh you know mm -hmm. the markets yeah. um you know pal has been saying you know not till 2024 2024 uh, okay after 2023 yeah good point and uh you know it's probably going to be early 2023 or maybe mm -hmm. even late 2022 yeah uh, so she's i think she's just saying what the market already knows and expects mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't i wouldn't read into it too much um Powell's just trying to, you know, comfort the markets with with his extended timetable, provide as much support with his words as with his dollars. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Yellen's more, I, I think, giving a practical um, mm -hmm. uh, take on the situation. 
Yeah, I think it was a reminder to her, though, that even though it was practical, and I agree with her, I, 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 my gun to head moment, I think we hike rates before 2024 also. Um, but nonetheless, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, she might have remembered, oh, that's right. I, I guess when I talk, markets can move, which is a pretty cool thing. I mean, we, you and I could talk all day. I don't think we move anything, you know, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good for her. But I think that was a fun little session of who do you believe? So, Jeff, we're going to finish things up with this week. I know we've got some inflation data, earnings season wraps up. I mean, what, what, what are you watching? What should investors be watching that really could matter for portfolios this week? Yeah, the, the consumer price index Wednesday, you know, inflation is getting a lot of attention. I think that's probably going to be uh, the most scrutinized report of, of the week. That is the start of the big inflation numbers. So yeah. you know, we all have expected them to come. This will be, you know, pretty big one. And then, you know, in the next couple of months, they could even get uh, a little bit bigger. But as we've been saying repeatedly, we think this is going to be a temporary blip, not the start of a period of runaway inflation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We talked about that on the podcast, I think in late March, you can just look back at old podcasts we've done. I think, I think every week we've talked about inflation because it's the number one question we receive from our 18,000 advisors. Um, you know, but, but anyway, uh, so inflation's on your radar, anything else? I think retail sales, right? What do you think about that one later this week? Sure. Well, I really botched my prediction a couple months ago. So I'm a little uh, skittish about forecasting retail sales. Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers, Retail sales numbers have been all over the place, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to assess the impact of these stimulus payments. So the stimulus payments um, caused a big spike last month. Maybe this month we get a more modest increase, but certainly it, it would be reasonable to, to expect a little bit of an increase. Uh, that is um, coming on Friday. So that'll probably be the second most scrutinized uh, economic report of the week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And of course, as we talked about last week, it is sell in May go away. Historically, May has been a really strong month. I said we should call it sell in June go away. You can listen to that podcast last week, along with the paranormal part that I discussed, <laughs> where we were frozen for a while. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so that's that's coming up. And again, historically, the second half of May is a little bit weaker than the first half. Obviously, the first half of this May is moving along just fine for the bulls. So I'm actually, well, tech's, uh, tech's been lagging a little bit, I guess, but overall markets are going higher. So anyway, so Jeff, thank you. Um, as always for being here i think this was a fun discussion hopefully everyone enjoyed it if you want to help us give us a like give us a follow give us a positive review it goes a long way we, we greatly appreciate it as we continue to build out this podcast so more and more people can listen to it and um you know with all that jeff i wish you a happy week hopefully your ankle keeps getting better hopefully i have a positive review on my back next week and ice machine next week that'll be nice and with all that everybody um you know thanks for continuing to listen to us you keep listening We'll keep doing it. We'll see everybody next week on the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes 
losses are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.